Welcome back in to another episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. And we are locked in with four, what we think are really good interviews uh, for tonight as each classification here in Mississippi is just down to eight teams, Jeff. A cool time to be following high school football in our state. And we'll, we kind of go uh, two interviews dealing with that subject and then uh, two interviews off the beaten path, if you will. Yeah, and and really, when you get time, when you get down to this time of the season, I mean, we're in season five, episode twenty-one, just an extended season from the spring with all the uh, COVID and stuff going on, the pandemic. But when you get down to this point in time, anytime you're talking about football, whether you're talking about a team that we cover in the Popperville Hornets or whether you're talking about some of these other teams such as the Harrison Central, Red Rebels, Columbia, Ogro, all these teams that are playing, when you get down to a week before Thanksgiving, if you're still playing football, you're a very lucky program. Yep, and I don't think we had a broadcaster jinx last week. That's right. Uh, Coach Dolan from the week before and Coach Causey, we both survived in advance. That's something that we don't we don't want coaches starting to get wind of. So I was proud to see both of those programs get a win uh, this past Friday night. And then you've already mentioned Columbia and Harrison Central. We have those two guys on tonight. But Jeff, just to kind of give our listeners a batting order for the interviews that they'll be hearing tonight. Batting leadoff is going to be Noah Harris, and I said off the beaten path. This guy, man, when you read and saw earlier, uh, I saw it on Twitter, was elected as the student body president at Harvard, and he's a Mississippi guy. And it was just such good news and such a breath of fresh air. I said, boy, this is a sports podcast that we do, but if we can get this young man uh, to kind of breathe some life into us and the show – We'll certainly take him up on it. And he was kind enough to let us steal 15 or 20 minutes uh, from him. So I hope you'll enjoy that interview. And then in that uh, two spot, Jeff, who do we have? Yeah, we got Chip Builder back. We've talked to him uh, in the past, uh, head coach of the Columbia Wildcats. His team, 9-2, uh, and two, uh, got a tough game this week, uh, but uh, a team that uh, they come up just a little short with in the regular season and when he gets into that in the interview. But – uh, Coach Chip Bilderback's been a, a great guest and a great friend to the podcast. Yeah, sure has, and fun to visit with Chip. And then in that third spot, Jeff. Yep, third spot, Casey Kane, uh, the uh, head coach of the Harrison Central Red Rebels, uh, had a big win last week against Pearl, uh, but go on the road. And, and you'll hear in his interview uh, as he talks about a tough uh, opponent that they're going to face this week in the Oak Grove Warriors and then some ties that he has with the coaches of Oak Groves as they were once part of a uh, a bigger staff there at Pearl Community College. And then batting cleanup for tonight, interview roster, Wright Thompson, senior writer for ESPN, um, New York Times best-selling author, his recent book, Pappy Land. Um, just really cool to be able to – in 20 minutes with Wright Thompson. If you're familiar with his work, then you know what a joy that was to be able to get to visit with him. If you watched the Masters this past week, of course, his uh, his writing and then his narration on what brings you into the coverage, several of the promos for uh, the Masters coverage, that was Wright Thompson. If you're a sports fan in the South, I'm, I'm assuming you're familiar with with Mr. Thompson and what a big get that was for us on the podcast. So 
Jeff was actually uh, kind enough to turn that around as a special episode yesterday, but um, he's going to place it on the anchor in that four spot tonight as well. So, as always, we appreciate Jeff producing and, and getting the show out like he did yesterday for that special episode and on this episode. We appreciate our sponsors and our listeners. So thanks for taking time with the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we're adding new services and personnel every day. Please welcome Kimberly Carver, FNPC to the Highland Pediatric and Primary Care Rural Health Clinic. She's another addition to our expanding family of service providers. Please call 601-358-9765 to schedule an appointment. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. We're excited now to be joined by Noah Harris. Noah, a native of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, who was I just elected as the student body president at Harvard University. Noah, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. How's that sound to you, Noah? Man, in 2020, we need a a bit of good news, and so it was certainly uh, fun to read, but how's that sound to you? It sounds pretty good to me. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I feel like I just feel so blessed to... uh, to, to be in this position and to have won the election and for it to be this year, it's, it's a lot sweeter because I know like so many people have been going through so much and uh, we're, we're missing out on, on, full, on the full experience. Harvard is completely virtual. And so it's, 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 nothing has been business as usual, but this is, I think this is like a really great way to, to end this year for me personally. So, Noah, kind of walk us through that. You've mentioned the virtual environment that you're having to uh, face and learn through, but the election process and then, I guess, the campaigning, what did that look like from your side? It was different than anything that I have ever experienced. Uh, as you can imagine, it wasn't walking up to people's doors, knocking on them, meeting new people, uh, getting to know people, and, and passing out flyers and stuff like that it was it was almost 100 percent social media email um text banking and just trying to get our message out there any way we could going on like student-run podcasts doing newspaper interviews but other than that it was just so hard to to see like if we were making any type of progress or or who was winning because Normally, if I'm running for something in high school or in my first few years of college, I could I could be like, okay, I knocked on 300 doors today. I, I handed out flyers for, for two, three hours. I'm feeling pretty good. Like, I've been building connections with people, and people seem receptive of my message. But this year, it was there was none of that reinforcement. So it made, it made me a lot more nervous about it. But... Um, yeah, it, it was it was super super amazing to see all the uh, all the support. Noah, you mentioned high school. What about your time in Hattiesburg, and particularly your time at high school at Oak Grove, gave you the confidence first of all, and then uh, the whereabouts to feel like you were ready for this position and to even be at Harvard to start with. Let's let's just figure out what what in your background there at Oak Grove equipped you with the confidence to do this. Right. Uh, it's always been about the community for me. 
Hattiesburg, Oak Grove, ever since I was little, being involved in sports and, and playing music, violin, piano, and just always having that amazing support system with my family too. Great school system uh, out there, out there in Oak Grove, and I've really been blessed um, to to be surrounded by the right people from, from kindergarten all the way through. Great teachers and always telling me that that pushing me to be better, you know, and not letting me be complacent and never letting anyone outwork me and, and, you know, putting God first, learning that from a young age and my parents always telling me to speak up for, mm-hmm. for, um, for what I believe in and, and what I think it, what I think is right, you know, and, um, it's really, it's really paid off. And those are, those just aren't things that a lot of people are as fortunate to, to have growing up and, and so I think it was a huge combination of the confidence instilled in me by the community, my family, my church, which was all huge. And, and I, I actually, um, so I've been involved in, in student council uh, since middle school. And I actually was uh, the, I was student body president at Oak Grove High School. So it just seemed natural uh, for me to be involved in student government and to use my life my motto kind of I got from Beta Club, lead by lead by serving others mm. to um to make just just lead places better than I found them. That's that's what I've always tried to do. And Noah, you're an author already as well. Did I read that correctly? Uh that that's right. Uh, I'm a children's book called uh Success Bill. It the book teaches children to really work hard in in school and like that's one thing that I really learned from a young age is that if you put in the work in school and you you work hard, you set goals, you can develop you develop talent, and you can go to Harvard, you can you can go anywhere and you can do any job. It's like that that mantra where anything is possible if you're willing to put in the work. And that's what I was trying to, to get across and get back to the community in that way with that book. And every time I'm home, every break, uh, at least before COVID, I would uh I would go to school, do these programs mm. uh, with the with the whole career parade and and uh, basketball dunk and everything. But just trying to let people know in the community, because I know there's so many great people, so much talent that you know it's hard. Like I, the Ivy League or this profession, that profession, even though it may seem scary, like you can't do those things. You just have to put in the work and and um, and really just uh, to make it there. Yeah. And then Noah, as you um, as you've learned there at Harvard, when people travel here, you know they get a kick out of our uh, accent. Some of your Harvard friends that may latch on to this certainly will mind. But their accent and the way that it's portrayed in movies is that uh, a real thing? My parents have traveled to the Boston and New England area, but I have not. But what's that like for your ears to hear them? Right. So they'll like I have. My accent's not very uh, pronounced. Like it's not, it's not too noticeable. Maybe if I get tired, you'll hear it a little bit more. But um, when I when I'm coming up here, I'm like, you people are the ones with the accent. <laughs> um, you know, but like, there's one thing you think like when you think about Harvard, you're like, oh, all these people from the north. But you get here, and people are just from everywhere. People hmm. from Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and some people from out west, international students, and so people are from everywhere. But what I've noticed from the people who do live in Boston is 
respect and it, it's just like your know, Mark Wahlberg, you know, <laughs> the, the people you hear yeah. in the movies, like the, you know, the park, park the car, Harvard Yard, like all <laughs> that stuff. The people do sound like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it's pretty funny. Um, I, I'll, I'll make fun of a couple of my, my Boston friends, so. Uh, it, it's nice to get to get back at them uh, when, if they if they say something about the South. <laughs> so Noah, your virtual learning. What what's your class load like, and the discipline that it's taken to to achieve with uh, with no in person learning? Right, it, it's not easy, but yeah, it's it's not easy at all. So I'm studying government, and I really just had to focus so much harder because you don't get that in-person experience with the professor talking to you and, and everything is just on your computer. So I have to do, I have about usually about seven to eight Zoom meetings a day, most of them an hour longer. And so it just takes a lot of focus like, and um, making sure that, that I get the sleep I need, but it, it's hard eating online and so you're doing your work on your computer, you're doing your classes on your computer, your extracurricular meetings, even some even some social events are on Zoom too. Wow. So by the, by the end of the day, you're just like, I want to close the computer and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, taking, I'm taking five classes. It's the most I've ever taken. Uh, so my, my work ethic's not going down, but it is, it is not easy. I can tell you that. No, man, just so proud to see... A, a young man do what you're doing um, representing our state the way that you have um, other than being asked on this podcast what's the coolest uh, congratulatory or uh, thing that's happened to you since since the election well it, the getting the news was super awesome uh, from the election commission because we got it like 30 minutes earlier before they officially like released it to the public so that was cool of course but getting um getting the tweet from 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 all the, the government officials, Senator Wicker, hmm. who I worked with this past summer, Congressman Palazzo, um, Mayor Barker here in Hattiesburg, and I, I actually just um, just recently had a a post and a shout out from from CBS um, CBS's morning show. And so like I think people are starting to, to see uh, the news get out there, but there have been a number of just amazing outpourings of support from family, friends, and just just people who see something uh, that that's pretty 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 cool in the news. Yeah, absolutely, man. So tell us, Noah. We, you've mentioned your studies. We see the success that you're having. Long term, man. If you had a long term goal that you're um, willing to put out there, what would that be? Um, right now, I'm I'm really trying to be trying to be an attorney. That's really what I want to do. I, that's something that I've wanted since uh, since I was in seventh grade, and I, I've watched all the all the law movies and the shows on TV. And I really think that me being able to use my voice for people who who need it the most in the courtroom when there's a a misunderstanding or an incident or an altercation, something like that, and I. I I really think Mississippi needs, you know, I mean, everywhere, but Mississippi needs a lot more good lawyers. So that's what that's my goal right now, and so I'm gonna have to get on that LSAT. 
uh, and kind of focus on that. But that that is kind of my goal, just just being there and, and serving where I can, kind of like what I'm doing now, just, just trying to make people's lives better because that really gives me purpose. And um, a life for me is, is just so purposeful in the impact that it can have on other lives. I think, I'm not, not, not quite sure, but I think Martin Luther King said that. Hmm. Um, and, and so I've really always lived by that. And I, I, I think it's something that I'm going to have to stick to because I just love it so much. No, at a time where we could use a breath of fresh air, we appreciate you giving uh, that to us back home here in Mississippi. And thanks for your time this evening. Continued uh, success, man, and keep inspiring us uh, back home. It's awesome to visit with you. Yeah, of course. Always trying to um, to put my best step forward for, for Mississippi whenever I can. Thank you so much, Noah. The Greater Pecuniary Chamber of Commerce provides the tools you need to succeed as a business owner and community influencer. As a member of the Chamber, your commitment has personal payback. The Chamber offers numerous opportunities to get involved throughout the year, whether it is through networking events, committee involvement, community programs, or special events. By taking advantage of the Chamber's resources, your business can develop and thrive. Visit us at greaterpicunechamber.org or drop by our office, which is located at 201 Highway 11 North. We're fortunate enough tonight to be joined by Columbia Wildcat head football coach Chip Bilderback. Uh, coach, thanks for joining Clay and I tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, anytime we can talk to, talk about Columbia football, I'm, I'm all in. I appreciate you and Clay having me on. Well, Coach, uh, let's get right into Columbia football. Last week uh, – Big win over Hazelhurst, twenty-two to zero, and then you reach the third round of the playoffs once again, uh, facing a West Marion team. Um, what's uh, what's your you know thoughts on your ball club as you get ready uh, this week? As we record on a Tuesday night this week, but you get ready for uh, West Marion coming up this Friday. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it's just it, it's, it's when every time anytime you play West Marion, it's going to be a battle. Um, they're really they're really good. They're well coached. They got a lot of good players. And we've had a lot of battles with them the last couple of years, and and um, you know, um, you know, they're a cross town rival, and so you throw that added element into it, and um, then then you throw the element of it's the third round of playoffs, and we lost to them in overtime, seven to six by one point, and that's really our our uh, technically, I guess, our only loss, um, and so um, they're a really good football team, um, you know, and, and this time of year. Uh, not everyone's at 100%, so we're working through some things as well, too. But, you know, um, we feel that we've been tested um, the last the last couple weeks in the playoffs. We had to open up with Velma Jackson on the road, and they're, they're really, really good up front. And um, and I'll be honest, that's what our team needed that week. We needed to face, to face that opponent on the road, a three-hour bus trip. And I thought that was really good for our football team. And, um, you know, we lost a, a really good player early in that game, and, someone had to step up. And then last week, again, we played a Hazelhurst team, and I, and I felt like we were just a little bit better than them. They're really good. They're really good. They're just young. And um, we felt, you know, we lost another player early in the game, and, and our players just step up. And so I think that's the thing that I've kind of been really proud of our uh, of our team is the resolve that we showed um, the last couple weeks. And, you know, especially this year um, in an uncommon year, you know, we, we've really tried to, really stress to our kids is, is really going to be how we respond week to week through the situations that, um, that, that we're in, you know? And, and, um, 
So that's that's something that we've talked about, we've, we've worked about, we've preached about, but that's something that we talked about way long time ago in the offseason, back in January. And so, um, you know, we're happy we're here in the third round of playoffs. We're, we're excited. This is our third year in a row, and that's kind of the tradition that we're trying to build here. Um, and um, I, I think our kids are going to come out Friday night and they're going to lay it on the line. But, you know, they, you know, we know what's, what lays ahead. It's going to be a really tough challenge. Chip, when you look at um, that district, that district, man, certainly gets you ready for playoff football year in and year out. But when I look at this max prep schedule in front of me, I know y'all had a scratch against McGee. But other than that, I see just that seven points you alluded to against West Marion. Is that all y'all gave up through district play? Um, it is. I, I didn't think about it that way. It, it is. And, um, you know, but but, but our, uh, our district's tough. And if you look at it, there's a lot of good defenses in our district. And, you know, West Marion's really good. JDC's really good. Uh, McGee's gotten a lot better on defense, and I think that's why they're still um, probably the front runner, I guess, in the South. Them and West Marion, you know, they're ahead of us. Well, they're going to have a battle with Raleigh, but you know, I think, I think, you know, Clay, I think you know this because you've been around high school football. Those teams that are that are alive late, they stop the run, and they're they're really good on defense. Not many teams are alive that are that are used to outscoring people, and so you know, I think you know part of being successful late in the year is one, you got to you got to run the ball effectively. Two, you got to stop the run effectively, and then you got to. The special teams can't beat yourself. You know, you can't beat yourself in special teams, and so, you know, that's kind of been a factor. And I think our district prepares us for, for the playoffs. And um, there's no weeks off. You know, um, Tyler Town's a very, very athletic team, and I know they didn't make the playoffs this year, but you know, apparently they're a very athletic team. And Seminary is really good. You know, three years ago they played for the state championship and were the district champs and. You know, they, they have a linebacker that's at uh, Ole Miss, and they have a defensive lineman at Seminary. And really, you know, they had a best their best player transferred to PCS. And he'd been there, you know, who knows? And then McGee's got some great players. Um, they, I think they got a quarterback that's been offered by Florida State, and they got a receiver committed to Central Florida. So that tells you nothing about their players. And so, you know, I think our district really provide you know, it, it gets you ready. And um, so what we try to do in our non-conference is play good enough to get us ready, you know, and so – you know, we have to play East Marion, and but and they're, they've always had good teams. But, you know, that's why you saw us play some 4A teams, and those 4A teams actually had some – you know, a couple of them are still alive. And so, um, you know, you, 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 I think that, that non-conference schedule has to get you ready for what you're going to see um, in your conference. And I think that pays, that pays dividends late in the year. Absolutely. You know, Chip, we record out of uh, Picayune, and we've, of course, got a common friend, and and Rob mm-hmm. Ford uh, yep. here from the Picayune area, yep. and and Rob like uh, a high school football connoisseur, man. So he yeah. loves this stuff. He'd appreciate this question. But Pearl River County, uh, when Pearl River Central is playing good fo- football, Picayune, and then of course Popperville, who we follow on Friday nights, it's a really special county across the landscape of high school football. Not a whole lot different when you look at that area. Uh, in Columbia and that y'all compete compete in that's a pretty cool spot that really appreciates high school football isn't it oh there's no doubt and 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 I think Rob would agree with you on that you know he's familiar with Columbia area football and and you look okay just look right now in the NFL for for uh, Columbia Academy uh, uh, the punter for Jacksonville Jaguars from Columbia Academy okay 
start safety, uh, I was lucky enough to coach in Jones College, Jonathan Abram, Abram played at East Marion. You know, also a starting running back, Syracuse, uh, Jarvion Howard, was from East Marion High School. West Marion, I think they, you know, I know they don't have anyone that's really major college football right now, but they've got a lot of guys that are in the JUCO ranks, that uh, Division II football. But, um, you know, they, they have a defensive lineman last year that, that I know will be a Power 5 lineman that starts at Jones, who's a really, really good football player. And then you look at us, we got a kid that's at, you know, Louisville, Ole Miss, and La Tech. And then you got a kid, uh, Fred Peters, that was starting safety at, Mich- at Mississippi State. So we got a lot of guys. And, and you know, I think you see that, that, that one thing that's common is, you know, those places they love football and the young kids look up to them. And it, it's a, uh, once you get that cycle going, it's kind of like Bassfield, what, what Coach Mancuso's got going at Bassfield is get that cycle going. Those young kids aspire to be like that. And that's what you want, you know? And so, um, I think that's special. Yeah, it really is. When you look at, um, what Coach Peters was able to do forever. Over there at uh, East Marion, it was just incredible. And then to see uh, the players that he produced year in and year out when Coach Hatton was at PRCC. Um, of course, that's back when districts exist. But, man, he made a real living off the players over in, in those high schools that you just mentioned. Yeah, there's no question. And, I, and we can see you're talking about Jimmy Oliver and then the Fortenberry mm-hmm. Twins and, and – um, also, Gene Anderson was in that yeah. group. He's married, and um, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of great players that's come through that area that played uh, Pearl River, uh, Shalmar Walker, and, and so those guys, you know. But Marion County, you know, I mean, it's it's you know, I think it's kind of success breeds success, you know, and and I think if you if you know if you have that, then 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 you're going to have a lot of success follow up with it. Yeah, absolutely, and and so Chip, uh, we talked about the how how people support football there. They're going to be supporting y'all in some new digs coming soon enough. Kind of tell us about uh, the facility upgrade and, and what's coming to Columbia football in the near future. Yeah, and, and that's something that we're really excited about. I, I think when you look at it, Clay, and, and I think you have to say this, is, you know, to, to be successful in, a, in, in high school athletics, there has to be a, an all-in commitment. And um, that's led by our superintendent, Dr. Jason Harris, when, when – when I came on to Columbia uh, three years ago, this is something that he's that he's uh, you know he he had a vision of, and you know it is three years ago he said this is what I want to be able to do here, and and I I, I believed him and and he's done nothing but to prove it and the school board backs behind it, and they don't just talk about being all in they back it up you know we have a we have a small turf uh, indoor facility, uh, not many places have that but now we're adding the stadium, you know we and and he's made this important. Hey, he wants this for our community, and it's something that's going to be special. And you know, we're excited about it. It's looking like it's going to be a. It, it, they're going to start demolition on our stadium uh, here in the next uh, two weeks, and so it's going to be wiped out. And so we'll 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 open up the next year, and and we're excited. Uh, we kind of we kind of took a page out of Coach Buckley's book when he uh, when he was at uh, Pedal. They opened up their new stadium with South Panola, and we're not opening it up with South Panola, but. We are going to open it up with Pedal. We, you know, we thought that would be a good, wow. a good, a good opponent to, for us. And I know it's going to be a challenge, but you know, we just thought we want to create some excitement. And you know, um, the NFL gave us some money as well with that. And you know, our our, our uh, field is Peyton Field, Walter Peyton. Mm-hmm. And you come in, come into our stadium. You know, the the picture is going to be is is the statue of Walter Peyton. And there's not once a week I get someone to ask, 
hey, can, can you open up the stadium where we get a picture in front of Walter's statue? And yes, and, and most people aren't from Columbia. Most of them are driving yeah. through and they want to see where Walter played and, and, you know, their fans are the Bears or Walter was their hero. And, and so right when you walk in, there's the columns and we kind of did that as a as a nod to, to Soldier Field and Walter Payton. And um, right when you walk in, you see the statue. And it's going to be something that we're proud of, but really it's, it's not just for our football program. There's a track that goes along with it. And, you know, we want to, we want to have a successful athletic program. And, and when you say, you know, extracurricular activities, it's going to be good for our band. You know, they got a place they can practice too, and, and we can run track out there. And um, Pee Wee football can come out and practice late night, you know, and they ain't got to worry about tearing up the field because it's going to be terrible. And so it's going to be something that, you know, it, you know, when you make an investment like that, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to lead to a lot of success down the road, you know. And so we're excited about that, you know, and, and I think it's only going to, it's only going to make our program better, and uh, you know, I mean, we're we're proud of it. So, so Chip, let's let's talk about y'all moving to to four A football, and uh, we talk about the facility. Of course, you're going to move into the district with Popperville. Jeff and I are excited. We'll get to check out uh, the press box. Hey, Chip, make the yeah. press box windows, make them open, man. If y'all could, where we can open and shut them, so we can get the feel of the the ball game. We go to so many of these beautiful new uh places and they have uh, press box windows that won't open and shut and where it feels like you calling it in a phone booth so do us a solid man and have some sliding windows somewhere along the way if you would i'll tell you i'll tell you what it's something i never thought about but i'm glad you told me now and, and uh i'll pass that up the chain that's for sure i'm glad <laughs> about that so well uh, look just, just playing on that part kind of but <laughs> We look forward to them. What would that be like, Chip, the new facilities move up um, to 4A football and then right. to have uh, Popperville in that district should be a lot of fun. Oh, oh, it is. And, and, you know, we're moving – I think we're moving from a really tough 3A district that uh, I think is probably arguably the best 3A district in the state. And then probably, you know, parity-wise, it's one of the toughest districts um, in, in the regardless of classification. You know, from 3A, uh, I think it's the toughest 3A district, but – Regardless of classification, I think eight three A parity wise, you know, you, you're going to say, man, it's probably one of the tougher ones. And so, I think, um, you know, now we're moving into to to four A, and you're going to say, now you're moving in from a conference where you've had, you know, parental power, JDC, and and you know, Seminary and McGee and West Marion. Now you're moving in where you got, you know, Popperville, and everything's run through Popperville. I have nothing but respect for Jay Beach and what he's accomplished there, but. You know, um, there, there's not a lot of pushovers, but there's a lot of history in that district. I, I coached it at Purvis High School for, you know, um, 10 years early in my career. And, and so I'm used to playing in that district and um, or at least coaching in that district. And there's a lot of good coaches. And it's going to be a challenge in the sense that, you know, 3A football, you're going to go from guys playing two ways to, to both sides of the ball to maybe playing one. And so we're going to have some challenges that lie ahead. You know, I think coaches' staffs are a lot bigger. I think, um, you know, I think you're, you know, you got kicking game is a little bit better and, um, you know, guys going one way. So schemes are a little bit more developed, but, um, you know, I, I think, uh, Jay Beach and what he's accomplished at Popperville, um, is really remarkable and uh, the guys have worked hard. So, you know, we'll, we'll come in, we'll come in after we've been chasing all these other schools and eight, three, eight, we chasing them in eight, four, eight. So, um, or I guess it's seven four eight because it's it's not on the that's right the coast but um you know but you know th- there's a lot of really good coaches in that district you know Coach Hankins 
and uh, Coach White do a, a phenomenal job. And Lawrence County, you know, they played for a South State Championship against you guys last year, and they, they're added into the district as well, too. And, uh, and so the virus, they were still available. So Coach Anderson does a good job there. And so I think there's going to be some battles ahead. I do think it, uh, we're excited that we have a, a nice facility that people are going to go to because we're going to go to some nice facilities. Purvis, Copperville, Sunderall, all have great facilities, and, and Forest County's upgraded. So, you know, that, I think that's great for our fans. Um, I think we're going to bring in some great crowds, and, and we're excited. And we kind of we kind of think we're going for it, and we're not looking back. To be honest with you, we, we expect growth uh, from our community, and so you know we kind of you know we, we're excited that we are in four A, and um, you know I think there's going to be some challenges, and what we got to do is start to build these rivalries within this four A district because it's been a while since you know I think it's been about six to eight years since Columbia's been four A, and so we want to build back those traditions of playing Poplarville, playing Purvis, playing Summerall. And, um, you know, we've played in Lawrence County the last two years, so we're glad about that. But, you know, I think that's one thing that's helped us in 3A is our kids get excited about playing West Marion and JDC. And, and um, I know that's why we've kind of keep both of them on, on non-conference for our non-conference schedule moving forward is because, you know, your kids got to – you want to get them excited about who you're playing. And, uh, you know, um, so I, I think that's why I'm glad where we are is because, um, you know, they're, they're used – you know, they've heard of those names and, and so it's going to be fun, though. I, I really think uh, I think it's going to be a good addition to 74A, and and, uh, and you know we're excited about the challenge that it presents. Chip, a guy um, yourself from from out west, from California, right, Chip? And, and I'm right yeah. on that. Yeah, you so, are. So when you come here and see like the way that this place is crazy about high school football, back what I'm going to call home for you, was it that way, or like what's the differences, man, when you? Look at where you came from to to where you've uh, been here for a while, but some right. differences maybe. Yeah, and there he is, and and, and you know, it, freshman year in college, right away, I, I never missed a high school football game every Friday night while it was going on, and you know, you find out real quick that um, you know people joke and they say sports is a religion in the South, but it, but it, 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 the commitment and the support that you have. You know, kids are going to go all in, and 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 they're going to follow what's important. They're not kids aren't dumb. They they know mm. what's what what people want to be around and what's important to them. And and so you know that that's so, you know um and there's not a knock on California because they have a lot of great athletes out there, but you don't have the week to week following and the support and the people that you know um that 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 are um, talking about the games and things like that. And so you know it's it's important in the South, and and I think it's. That's what's something that drove me to, to be in here. My dad was a high school football coach in California, so me and my brother grew up, you know, in locker rooms and, and you know, but down here it's it's even it's it's to a whole other level and you know, being a coach, I can't think of another place you'd want to coach than in the South, you know, and, and people say, Well, California football compared to the Southern football, I'll take the South football any day. You know, and it's it's just a little bit more it's a little bit more uh it's more, it's more important to us down here. And, and it's, you know, you look at junior college football in Mississippi, there's a reason why we've been successful in junior college football in Mississippi compared to all these Kansas schools and these Texas schools. People want to talk about them. Well, look, you look at our rosters, and they only get uh, seven seven kids out of state. So you're telling me a roster that's made up of 48 players from the state of Mississippi can go in every year in and year out and whip the, the number one team that they can get from Kansas or wherever it is, Iowa, yeah. Western, wherever it is, Arizona, and they can get unlimited out-of-state players. And here we are, we have 55 
and most of them have 85. Well, it's because it means more. And it just doesn't mean more right then. It meant, it's meant more to these kids these whole life, you know. And, and so, you know, they've been playing football their whole life. And, and so, you know, I think, I think that just speaks volumes. You know, that tells you how important it is. You take a kid from Mississippi, he's, he's going he's gonna to fight like heck on, on a Friday night for you. And, and a lot of that is because he's worked his butt off for, you know, previous six to eight months for that moment. And so, you know, I think, I think it's a special place to coach football. I really do play, you know, and, and you get all these places, picking and top of the, you know, I can, I can still, I can still hear the tremors in the back of my mind. Here we go again, that dang top of you know. <laughs> so, so like, you know, you go to all these places, JDC, what coach, coach Matt Crusoe has built there. And they have these, they have these, these rival, they have these, these traditions and it mm. makes it so special and it makes it so much fun because what you're doing is, you know what you're doing is not only it's important to the kid's life, but it's also you have a small role in the community's life. I mean, in community spirit, you know, to provide. And you want to add value to that. And so it makes it even better as a coach as well, too, Clay. Absolutely, man. It's cool to hear your passion, Chip. And a good luck to y'all on Friday night. Uh, Chip, we know there's a billion things you could be doing on uh, playoff Tuesday night. We appreciate you spending some time with the podcast tonight. Hey, Clay, I always enjoy I, I try to catch a, oh, one of your interviews all the time, and you do a great job, and I appreciate everything you guys do for South Mississippi. You you, you help sell and make make it important what, what we do and what our kids do, and so I appreciate that from, from a coach's standpoint as well, too, Clay. Y'all take care, okay? Keep Rob straight for me. All right. Yeah, thank you, Chip. Something yeah. easier said than done. All right, my man. Take care. <laughs> all right, all right bud. All right. Are you looking for a place for your whole family to belong? Come and join us at Goodyear Baptist Church. We're located at 2710 Highway 43 South, just past Memorial Gardens. We have great ministries for all ages. If you're looking for something refreshing in life, if you're looking for a hope that lasts forever, if you want to experience the love of Christ, come check out GBC. Sunday morning growth group at 945 a.m. and worship at 11. Find us online at GoodyearBaptistChurch.com. Come as you are. There's a place for you. Come grow with us. We are honored tonight to be joined by head coach of the Harrison Central Red Rebels, Coach Casey Kane. Coach, thanks for taking time for Jeff and I. Oh man, anytime, y'all, y'all, two old buddies. I remember did a great job at Pearl River. I'd do anything for y'all. Coach, man, you bring up Pearl River. That was uh, you look at that staff. And that was Coach, uh, you and Coach Causey on that staff at the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, we was we was all there together. I'll get to tie into it this coming Friday night. The irony of things, huh? Oh yeah, like I say, they they got a heck of a team. Like I say, we uh we just glad to be there. Well, y'all got a pretty good one yourself, Coach. Eight and two overall, five and two in district play. But most importantly, uh, a playoff win, Coach. I didn't realize. Uh, the drought there is that something that y'all had talked about or that yeah that's uh, you know like or no? yeah we uh we kind of addressed it this year uh you know uh I got a big senior class and and felt like they was a good group of kids and you know something that you know we were told that it's never been done and then and then uh somebody pulled it up and so like I say uh it worked in our favor, acting like it hadn't been done. But, you know, like I say, it hadn't been done in over 30 years. You know, like I say, we're just 
we're just glad, fortunate, you know, to keep playing. And that's what we, you know, take one game at a time. Coach, just looking at y'all stats and the way it lays out, you bring up a senior class. You've got two senior uh, backs back there that almost have identical yardage and pretty close in touchdowns. How cool is that to have two guys to be able to rely on uh, to run the rock? Yeah, well, uh, they're both kind of different. You know, kind of one's more of an inside guy, more one's an outside guy. So they're kind of a one-two punch and, you know, uh, you know, kind of doing kind of what everybody else does this day and time is, you know, trying to work the one that's hot and then bring the other one in that's fresh and try to give us a change, you know, a little bit on offense. Yeah, and that's Ray and McLean for uh, our listeners out there. We mentioned the two seniors, and then uh, your trigger man, Coach, just a sophomore, but his numbers are gaudy, particularly when you look at that turnover to interception margin, man, ratio 26-3. to as a head ball coach, you've got to like that he doesn't give it away very often. Yeah, he uh, he's he's a kid that you know. Last year we we gave the range to as a freshman, and you know he uh, started and won uh, two of the last three, and then brought him in this year. And like I say, he's still just a 15 year old sophomore, but he's a gritty kid, man. And you know he's a tough kid, and and uh, you know sometimes we ask him to do too much, but we just try to you know keep it to what he can do and what he feels comfortable with. And, and, uh, like I say, uh, he's the best that, you know, we've had at Harrison since, since I've been there. And as you know, is, is especially in spread offenses, you know, you live and die by your quarterback. And like I say, you know, we, we put a lot on his back and, you know, and we've <laughs> ridden him to this point. Coach, that's a heck of a way to make a living, ain't it? Put your back, put your hands in a 50. You just described him as a 15-year-old. Man, that's a heck of a way y'all make a go of it. Oh, I know, brother. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a way to make a living. But, you know, you know, back to our Paul River days, if, if that, you know, you ride and die by that one trigger man, and that's just, a, you know, that's what people don't understand about spread offense. As you look around the college pro, if, you know, you know, they say, what's your chances tonight? He has a great game. You're gonna win. If he don't, you're not. You're not. I mean, but that's just you know the way of you know the spread offense. Coach, when you look across the way at your opponent coming on Friday night, their kid. We had Coach Causey on last uh, last week, and we were able to describe real similar numbers in their guy, particularly that turnover to interception ratio. And it has to be within one touchdown or one INT. They their numbers are real, real similar. Yeah, that kid's impressive, man. He uh, he's a junior. You know, I'm sure every SEC school will be on him after next year. He uh, he reminds me of Reggie Collier. You know, he's six three, six four. You know, and and sits back in the pocket, and if he needs to deal it, he'll deal it. If he needs to turn it up and run it, he'll run it, man. They've got a special, special kid there. He reminds me a lot of the Ty Keys at Taylorsville. Wow. Yeah, both of those comparisons, uh, that's a, a pretty good mouthful. Either one, either way you go there, I guess it was a couple weeks ago against Northeast, uh, Northwest Rankin where he had uh, the tremendous game running the football. So um, just trying to compare for, uh, prepare for something like that. Coach Kane, what's the old huddle? Uh, week look like for you trying to figure that out well i'll just tell you what we uh we stayed we stayed after we stayed after way after than we normally do and working on trying to do some things you know uh to defend their pass you know because we we haven't you know uh 
six A football this year has been way different than it's been in years. There's, there hadn't, you know, usually in that region three, and even in our region, you know, there's a lot of throwing. And and to be honest, uh, they, you know, besides them and Paddle, they're really the only ones that throw it. And then in our league, us and Ocean Springs are really the only ones that throw it. So, you know, ten years ago, everybody and their mama was throwing it in six A. But right now, you know, I don't know, you know, just a lot of times in high school, you just you gotta coach what you have and you gotta you know fit the personnel around it I always say it's kind of like a tuxedo not everybody's gonna fit the same but you gotta fit whatever fits you the best and right now you know uh just there's not a whole lot of throwing going on but you know we're just glad that we got one that we can do it with yeah coach and when you've had uh, the success that y'all have had this year how cool is it to see uh the community get behind your team and and what's going on with the red rebels yeah, the community's been good, but, you know, my biggest thing is the kids, man. I mean, these kids, you know, having the kids come to school after a win on Friday night and, you know, and coming to practice and think they got to hope every week. I mean, to me, it's about the kids. You know, they, you know, just seeing them excited and especially, you know, the year we've been going through with this corona and all, Clay, it's, it's you know, having something to, you know, feel positive about and, you know, feel excited about, you know, it's that that's that's what's more uplifting to me than anything. Yeah, certainly, Coach. That's a, a good point made there. How proud does it make you, Coach? Certainly uh, won't be the case this week, but when you, I guess it will be when you're preparing and see what uh, Coach Causey and Coach Mitchell, two guys that we've mentioned that you've coached with before, and the way that they've been able, um, and I'm sure they're thinking the same on, on your behalf too, but guys that continue to get better at their craft and you can see the guys uh, oh, yeah, they, like, yeah. in their plan. Yeah, Drew and Coach Mitchell, man, they they're they're phenomenal coaches. They they do a great job. You know, they're they're uh, two guys. I don't think get enough credit of the jobs they do. You know, and and heck, not only them two, it is the coach calls you. He's got a great staff. I mean, there's some coaches that I used to coach with over that are still there, and they do a great job. You know, and you know, it's a staff that doesn't have a lot of turnover. They stay together. They know each other. And there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, you see a lot of successful programs and college i mean you know in pro i mean you know that guys that that have successful programs or you know there's other high schools around the you know around the league i mean look at popperville and you know there's a lot of you know schools around there picking and people like that they don't have a lot of turnover got the same staff and that means a lot the kids know what they're getting every day there's consistency there you know and and oak grove is one of those programs too coach we know you coached um for several years there at oak grove where are you an Oak Grove uh, high school guy? Where are you an Oak yeah, Grove guy yeah, when it comes I, to high school? Yeah, I graduated in '92. Like I say, I was at the old school. You know, the old we used to call the old stadium the dungeon. You know, uh, it was uh, it probably seated about you know maybe uh, 800 on the on the home side and maybe 200 on the other side. So, like I say, usually it was just standing room when you went to a game. But I'm uh, yeah, I I grew up I grew up in Oak Grove. Not a whole lot has changed, huh, Coach? <laughs> just a little, a few little. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just wow. a little, just a little bit, you know. But yeah, they a lot, a lot of changes. Coach, man, we can't thank you enough for your time. We know it's playoff week, and y'all got that, like we said, a huddle machine burning at both ends. Good luck Friday night, Coach. Thanks for taking time for Jeff and I. All right, buddy. Y'all take care. Thank you, Casey. Your family's health is our mission. 
At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we offer a wide range of healthcare options. The Highland Center for Women's Health provides total obstetrical and gynecological care for women of any age. Our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. It's our pleasure and we are super excited now to be joined by Wright Thompson, ESPN senior writer and most recently author of Pappy Land, a story of family, fine bourbon, and things that last. Wright, thanks for taking time for the podcast. It's my pleasure. Right, let's get um, into what would draw you to write a book about uh, fine bourbon, as you title it. Um, I guess the majority of the folks know you as a, a sports writer, but what drew you to this story, man, to chase this journey? Well, it started when I, I, I met Julian and, uh, at a party in Atlanta one night. And, I mean, I'm sure you met people who just seem real comfortable in their own skin and happy and so I, you know I think we all want to be more like that and so I, I I started talking to him and we started hanging out and got to be friends and the more I got to know him the more I realized that I didn't really know anything about him at all I mean I'd always sort of thought that you know because his granddad was a famous whiskey guy so I sort of thought he was one of those guys who was born on third base and thought he had a triple you know what I mean he's like, yeah he's like, Nobody likes that kid. And so, uh, and then I realized how, you know, his family had built this distillery and then lost it. And, uh, uh, and then so he had sort of started over. And, uh, that made the, the story of Pappy Van Winkle so much more compelling to me that it wasn't just somebody who inherited something, but it was, uh, somebody who was trying to redeem their family name and, uh, that's when I really got interested. Right. Is there any sports parallel or anything that you've written that on the sports scene kind of follows this type, same type story or conflict and then resolution? You know, it's interesting to me that because in a lot of ways my sports stories are barely about sports. But, and so this, this book is barely about bourbon. I mean, the first time my wife read it, she started started laughing. I was like, oh, you wrote Eat, Pray, Love for Dad. And I was like, shit. You know, uh, uh, I didn't, damn it. You know, but it, 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 uh, I feel like the reason a lot of us love sports, you know, the connections to our families, uh, you know, uh, watching them with our mom and dad or uh, introducing them to our sons and daughters, I felt like a lot of those, a lot of the reasons we love sports, uh, I felt parallel the reasons that things like bourbon are important. And so uh, there was a lot more overlap than I thought there might have been when I started. This is going to date me, and if you tell me you don't know who I'm talking about, it's going to make me feel awkward. But Roy Firestone and the sit-downs he used to do, right? And the way that oh, he yeah, used no, no, to, I love, no, I, 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 I used to watch all of those. <laughs> and so the way, man, that he can get to somewhere, and before you know it, you're sobbing. You have that way with your words. Is that intentional, or is that just where the story goes with you, man? No, man, just making you cry is just an unintended side benefit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, 
I'm interested in stories that are universal and that are, you know, like, yeah, this is about Julian and it's about me, but hopefully if I did it right, it's also about you, you know? I mean, it's, I'm trying not so much to have a totally new idea, but to figure out how to articulate something maybe you thought and felt for a long time, but never quite been able to put into words. I mean, I really want people to read this and I hope that one, they see themselves in the things that they, you know, their, their hopes and dreams. And I, you know, I, uh, I hope it's, I hope with a group of people reading it, it's a place to start a discussion as opposed to being a complete discussion itself. I mean, in many ways, the book is a prompt. Like it's sort of perfect for a book club now that I think about mm. it. But like it, I wanted to start conversations in duck bars and in bars and on all drive and tailgate. You know, that's what I'm hopeful for that. Right. When you talk about uh, that type discussion, just coming off the Masters, which for any golf fan or fringe golf fan, the Masters is just that. It's that one or two tournament a year that you can really have a conversation, lead to other things. So many memories tied um, to that place. What was your impression of what had to be done because of the crazy year we're in and then the way that Dustin Johnson played over those four days. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I, uh, I don't want to do it every year, but it was sort of cool Yeah, once to see it like that. You know, I mean, I sort of felt, I, I liked it. Like, I didn't, I didn't watch it and feel like I'd somehow been cheated out of my Masters. Like, I, it felt to me when he was walking up to 18 that he had won the Masters. Not like it was some you know, weird Masters Halloween costume poser of a tournament. It felt like the Masters. Uh, I thought his scores and the scores of everyone else indicated, I mean, some of that is certainly the conditions and the way it played because it was in November. But also, I felt like some of it had to do with the fact that turns out golf's probably a lot harder when there's 30,000 people <laughs> standing right on top of you swinging a club. Yeah. You know, sure. I... If I got a, if there's ten people standing around a tee box, I shit the bed <laughs> almost all the time. Sure. But if I'm alone on like number seven at the course in Oxford, like I could crush it. But you put some people around me, uh, you know. So uh, that was interesting to see the scores. Uh, I, I liked it. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I don't want them to do it like that again. But as a one-off, I thought it was interesting and cool to see the course like. Right, your work for ESPN during the Masters or, and prior to, what does that process look like? Like, how far out do you start pinning and narrating? And then, man, the John Prine, like, you, we talked about, uh, that's the last time I'm going to say tearjerker, but whoever's decision that was, man, that wasn't fair. Well, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, so the people who make all those Masters things, it's a company uh, – uh, it's a production company that I work with called Bluefoot Entertainment. They make, uh, like, they're the people I make my television show True South with. So I've worked with them. I mean, I've worked with these people for 15 years. And so uh, the guy who owns the company and is the main guy is named Tim Morgan. And his wife, Hillary, was listening to John Prime hmm. and was like, you guys should put this song on the Masters. And then both of us listened to it and were like, oh, yeah, we're definitely putting this song on the Masters. <laughs> and so, like, that's how it works. Like, by the way, if you ever hear a perfect song, send it to me. Like, we are always looking. Uh, uh, so, um, but that's how it happened. Hillary liked the song, and we heard it. I was like, oh my God, I, I'd forgotten about that song. 
man and away at play and mm. yeah yeah and you know and also coming off those morons at the cmas like it was really nice to sort of the timing of that worked out great yeah that's unbelievable man have people turning in their membership cards huh oh i know i mean it's just like if you ever want to know like how far that uh that thing has gotten from uh both from the sort of craft of songwriting and from rural America. Just like, don't honor Jerry Jeff Walker and John Prine. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah, just wild. So, all right, yeah. speaking of music, what, what are we listening to if we're in the process of putting together uh, the art that you put together, man? Like, what's your go-to to get in that, I guess the term now is flow, but that state of mind that, that gets you there? You know, I mean, I have a, it varies. I mean, like right now out of my office, I have been wearing out the Bruce Springsteen Born in the USA album, especially the second side of it. Starts with No Surrender. Like, I, I, I've been listening to that a lot. I'm, I'm a big Springsteen nut. Uh, I listen to, uh, I mean, a lot of Jason Isbell, a lot of Drop mm-hmm. Truckers, a lot of widespread panning, uh, a lot of, uh, sometimes when I'm right now, find a song and listen to it on repeat over and over. Like, uh, there's a Modest Mouse song called Little Hotel that I like to put on and just play over and over and over. Uh, so it just sort of depends, but there's always music on. I wonder if widespread pan has done better in any part of the world than Oxford, Mississippi. You think? It's unbelievable. I mean, sometimes I wonder if they're like a big band at all. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I have friends from Connecticut who are like, who? I'm like, the panic. Bro, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Red Rocks, 98? No, n- nothing? No. So, it's pretty funny. I mean, I, I, I saw them at the Tad Pad in 1990. God, was that three? Uh, a long time ago. All right, we're talking about our home state. The story um, that you put together, Ghost of Mississippi, and then to see what yeah. happened with our flag over this 2020 year. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. I gotta tell you, look, I know a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about the flag, and I, you know, I, I respect everyone's right to voice theirs. Uh, mine is it should have been gone a long time ago. And if you're gonna call yourself the hospitality state, uh, then you, that starts with your neighbor. And it just is, I mean, it's, it's as simple as, you know, things we learned in Sunday school to me. Uh, do one to others, love your neighbor as yourself. And if, if if there is a, you know, if there are fellow Mississippians who feel that that flag makes them, made them unwelcome in their own home, then we should take it down to me. And like like I said, I, you know, I'm from Mississippi. I got I got family of every single political persuasion you could imagine, just like you do. And like you know, I. I I understand that that good people can have political opinions that are different than mine, but that's mine. Like, I'm glad it's gone, and I think it should have been gone a long time ago. Right. We had Rick Cleveland on this very show during a time where, you know, the flag was before the vote, when in the time when it was being yeah. changed, and, and we both kind of referenced back uh, to your work. What did you learn about uh, our state doing a research and digging in for that ghost of Mississippi story? It's interesting to me that, like, uh, 
how recent a lot of the Confederate stuff around Ole Miss football was. You know, I mean, like, I, that was a surprise to me. I just sort of thought it had always been like that because we've sort of been taught that. But, you know, the the first Confederate flag ever flown at an Ole Miss football game coincided almost exactly with Harry Truman desegregating the military. Hmm. And, uh, like, you can sort of lay it. Just, it's pretty interesting to take a history of Ole Miss football and a Confederate flag and lay it alongside of a totally separate history of desegregation in the United States because your fucking draw, jaw drop. Because you'll just be like, oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. pretty interesting how those things talk to each other. Like, anyway, I think that stuff is very interesting because, uh, uh, you know, William Fogger is a genius for many reasons, but, I mean, the, the quote that uh, uh, the past isn't dead, it isn't even past, hmm. is uh, pretty significant. And, by the way, I mean, God, if, if we're having a conversation for greatest living Mississippi, and it might be Rick Cleveland. Yeah. Man, is I he not Rick. a treasure or what? No, he really is. Like, I remember, like, I grew up reading Rick. Rick's one of the reasons I wanted to be a sports writer. Sure thing. So, like, the fact that I grew up and got to be friends with him, it just blows my mind. I can't even, you know? Yeah. My bride. We've had, we've had Brett Favre on the show, and then we've had Rick Cleveland on, I guess, five or six times. And every time we have Rick on i say whatever it costs or whatever we give up to have a podcast every time we have rick cleveland on it certainly worth it 100 percent. and uh and brett Favre, man i don't know who's booking your guests but they're doing pretty good that's impressive <laughs> well we do all right look if you throw in mississippi most uh mississippi guys like yourself uh take time for a little podcast based out of picayune so we appreciate guys like you picking you mississippi man uh, you were you were way down there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, right when you look at um, Child Two, you, you've mentioned before we went on yeah. the air. How much does that change your perspective on stories, man? Like fatherhood, do you look? I mean, everything kind of looks different, huh? Well, I mean, what's been really interesting, man, is I mean the COVID. Uh, they just has shut ESPN down. And so I haven't been anywhere really. I mean, I used to be on the road 180, 220 days a year. I mean, I was on the road at least 180 days a year for 20 years hmm. and then just stopped. And so, one, I realized I like being home more than I thought I would. I'm glad my wife actually likes me. I was a little worried. <laughs> Come April, I'm like, what if she fucking hates me? You know, like, uh, uh, it's it was, you know, it's hard to think about twenty twenty one being on the road one hundred eighty days. So that'll be interesting to see how that feels because I've I've gotten used to being at home. Yeah, and you go into that in the title and the forward of uh, the cost of these dreams. You kind of lay that out. Even I guess that's a yeah. little dated now. Was that two or three years ago that that yeah, was it's, put it's out? I've been thinking about for a long time. Just like why we do any of this, you know? Yeah, sure. So that collection, that cost of these dreams, right? The the one that people come up to you and say, hey, this one lays on me, man. This this one got me. Or uh, out of that collection, what's the one people most relate to or that you get the most from? It's pretty interesting. Uh, in, in a airport 
in the South, it is definitely a story I wrote about uh, my dad and the Masters. Mm. And outside of the South, it's usually Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. Yeah. But it's interesting how, like, you know, if I'm in the airport in if I'm in the airport in Atlanta or Charlotte or Memphis, and somebody comes up to talk about a story, nine times out of ten, it will be that master story. Yeah. Mm. Which, by the way, I admit, like, that it always makes my day every time that happens. Like, it, you know. You want to sit there and you let me tell stories about my dad? I will 100% sit here in this airport and do that to you. Don't want to hear me. Yeah, man, what a beautiful piece that was too. And I and I don't know where I saw it. It was your writing, but and don't let me misquote you with you on the phone. But it you said it. What maybe your best work that you just? Uh, how did you phrase that right when you when you talked oh, I about think that I just work? Sort of like I mean, opened a vein is yes. probably what I said. Yeah, I, mean, like, I just sort of you know. I don't know. I'm just. I, I, it's as close to. It's pretty. It's an unvarnished. That's just how I feel about it, you know. And uh, uh, I didn't overthink it. I didn't. I mean, I just sat down and wrote it straight through. So I, I'm very, you know, as as confessional as you can get on the page. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I don't like doing. I like telling other people's secrets. <laughs> Right, you you promised me ten or fifteen. We're past that. How how can people find the book and go buy the book? Right, mine came in. By the way, man, mine came in um, in the mail today, so I can't wait to get started on mine. Well, that's cool. You can, you know, uh, wherever your local bookstore is, uh, you can uh, just go to squarebooks dot com and get it, or you can call Square Books in Oxford and go to Amazon. Uh, we've sold Amazon out twice now, wow. I think. But they they got a bunch more books coming. Uh, so check out Amazon. Uh, uh, you know, you can get it on Walmart's website. You can get it. Uh, I mean, everywhere books are sold is uh, what they tell me to say. But I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you can find it. Yeah, I got mine. I believe it's on like bookshop.org or bookshop.com. Yeah. And they claim they give to whatever's the local, local bookstore sh- nearest you or some some. Thing we yeah, have to yeah, check yeah, that, but right when you uh, one more question, man. When you hear numbers like when Amazon or whoever lets you know that, do you pull a Kiffin man or you throwing a copy of whatever you have in your hand as high in the air as you can, or what's that look like around your place when you get a good report on the book? I'm dancing around the house for sure. <laughs> in um, fact, I, I've missed a phone call and a text message doing this from my agent. And uh, the text message just said, please call me. So I'm assuming that's going to be good news, too. So it's a good week to be around my house. I've got a new baby. The book's doing well. It was Master's Week. Uh, i got nothing to complain about. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, and just wait till people get this from this podcast out of Picky and your numbers are going to skyrocket. That's what I figure. I feel like if, if I don't sell a book to every single man, woman, and child at Picky you, I don't even really know what I've been doing. <laughs> you may not know if you do. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, right, man. It's been a pleasure. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks, man. Thank you.